and our friend Jerry Lozier over at Northeastern Insurance. 2022, you're sitting down, you're budgeting and finding out where you can save some cash. Those things that are most important to you in your life, your home, your car, your business. Are you spending too much insuring those things? Have you shopped the market recently to find out if you actually might be looking for a better price? Don't even worry about that. Email or call our guy, Jared Lozier, and he'll do that for you. We've loved working with him here at Godzilla Media. Now's your opportunity to do the same thing. Email him today, J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com. And let him know, Jared, quote, can you help me? How can you make it happen? A free quote will come just from Jared, just by you emailing him. Just write a free quote. Get in there with Goz, Godzilla Media. J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com or even call him today if you've got more questions about how he can help you with all the pricing you're looking for. His number, 518-956-3753. 518-956-3753. If you're looking to save some money for yourself in 2022 and who isn't, Jared Lozier is the guy to make it happen for you. Let him do the work for you to plan out those things that are most important for you. And at the end of the year, you're going to be looking at all the money you saved and you're going to know who to thank. That number one more time for you is 518-956-3753. And the email, J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com. All right, let's get into this episode of Getting There with Gaz. Another episode here of Getting There with Gaz, where we talk about the career journeys of media members, coaches, athletes, business owners, and more across upstate New York. You saw him in another Godzilla Media podcast just a few months ago, Eminem and M across the board. Now he's hopping over here with Getting There with Gaz. Joe Calderon joins us. And Joe, for those not familiar with you, a young Joe Calderon, five, six, seven years old. What do you want to be as a kid? And was that that same dream job you wanted when you were 18 years old? Where'd you grow up? Five or six guys? I don't know. How, how about seven or eight then? I'll bump up the age for you. Hey, five or six <laughs> days ago, I don't I don't remember. Um, all kidding aside, so I come from anybody who knows me knows that you know, outside like oh it's almost like TV, radio, media was is secondary. I, I, I tell this story, I swear to God, I'm gonna get back on track here. But I tell this great story that knocked me down a peg or two when I was on TV and I remember I was out in Saratoga. This is like mid two thousands. Right. And I'm on the air every day. So kind of, you know, kind of, even if you're modest, it's tough every once in a while, especially if you're a young guy, you're feeling yourself every once in a while. <laughs> and I'm at, uh, you know, I, I'll give Michelle, you know, I'm at city tavern, right? It's summertime. Saratoga is what it is. And a bunch of people come up to me like, yo, bro, I know you. And I'm thinking, yeah, you do. And they're like, you're Pizza Pete's kid. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> thank God there's five floors in the summertime if you count the roof, because I couldn't get off the second floor fast enough. So <laughs> so based on that story, my whole thing started, I, I grew up in the family restaurant business. My, In fact, my two middle brothers still own it, Pete Supreme and Brad Alban, uh, the 12025. Uh, my mom and dad started that in 1977, and it's still – up and running. It's thriving, right? So from the ages of like eight, literally, I was making pizza boxes at like eight till about 18. I was, I was making pizza. And I thought that, you know, after high school, when I'm done with that, maybe I'll go to community college or something. I wasn't, I know you're going to be stunned by this. Wasn't, wasn't much into the readings and the writings and the arithmetic. Um, (laughs) So uh, I know. Uh, So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll, when I'm done with high school, I'll go to a community college or maybe a four year, go for business administration, take over the family business, maybe franchise or something. Right. So I graduated from Broad Alban Perth in 94. And while I was, you know, kind of deciding what I wanted to do, because when I graduated, I didn't go to college right away. I took that the fall of 94 off because I was, you know, you're it's my Dawson's Creek moment. I needed to reflect and decide what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> the gap year, right? They call it the gap year across the pond. 
you know, take a walk on the beach, skip rocks, you know, I don't want to wait. All that stuff. So while I was doing that, I was still working at the pizza place and brought all of them, but my school, um, they, they knew there wasn't a microphone I didn't like. And so they asked me to be a public address announcer for football games. So, and this is really where my whole TV radio career, where it jumped off from. So I'm doing the, the PA at a broad Alban Perth Fonda Fultonville game, big rivalry in the nineties. And a local radio station was doing the game WCSS in Amsterdam, right? 1490 AM. And, and I remember this vividly because it's just hilarious now, because you can't even imagine this happening. But uh, so I'm doing the public address announcing and it's, there's no press box. So it's an open like press box. There's no roof. There's nothing. It's just open. And this guy, Phil Spencer, uh, he's still around. He's kicking. And so literally like 80s, 70s TV, like you ever see the movies where they're in the newsroom typing with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth? This guy's got a, he hasn't lit it. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. It's halftime. He's going to run out to the parking lot and puff one down. And before he leaves, he's like, what's your name? I said, Joe Calderon. He goes, got a good set of pipes, man. You ever think about radio? And now, listen, growing up, I was a huge ESPN Sports Center guy, right? Like back in the day where the same Sports Center played on loop overnight, you know, Tarico and Oberman and Patrick and all those guys, right? So I would watch the repeats. Like they were going to change, but I just, I watched the 10 same Sports Centers overnight. So I was big into sports watching. And uh, I said, no, I never really thought about radio or anything like that. And he goes, well, you should just think about it. And I said, well, all right. And he goes, well, here's my card. And why don't you give me a call sometime? And if I'm at the studio, we'll give you a, a tour. And, you know, we'd like to see maybe, you know, maybe if things work out, you can intern for us. I was like, okay, I'm really thinking anything. Good. So I don't call him for a while. And then after the fall of 94, spring of 95, I decided, you know, I'm going to go to college. I enroll at Fulton Montgomery Community College. And so I go there for, of course, business. Now, mind you, I haven't reached out to this guy, Phil Spencer or WCSS. Somehow, some way, he reaches out to me. And I don't honestly remember how it happened, but I was like, what? You don't, are you too good to give us a call or what? I said, no, I would just. I, I, you know, I, life happens and now I'm enrolled at FM. And he's like, well, that doesn't mean you can't come and check out the radio station. Why don't you come and check it out? So I do go there, start listening to some of the local shows, right? There was, there was a show called, oh uh, God, what the heck was it called? The Swap Shop, dude. Hilarious. But yet our live. I've never heard about this. Is it Kevin Reed's sports show? No, it was in Amsterdam. This is W. Okay, okay, okay. And by the way, if people, if, they, if they're from Amsterdam and they watch this, they're going to know WCSS is actually a legendary small AM in upstate. Like a lot of people in the 90s that got on TV in the Albany market for news started doing news at WCSS. So it was like one of those like legendary small stations where people got to cut their, cut their teeth and then they did whatever they did. So I go there and there was this show called, uh, oh my God, what the heck was it called? Uh, the Swap Shop. It's, I swear to God, you would think it was an SNL skit. People, it was the number one rated show at the station. They would call and be like, yeah, this is, uh, this is Mikey uh, in Amsterdam. I got myself a couple of tires, uh, a, a dryer that doesn't work. If you want it, call me. Eight, four, three, <laughs> one, two, three, four. And people would call and they would, I was like, what is this? It's horrible. <laughs> I'm listening to this, just dying laughing, and they go, okay, let's go take a look at, you know, whatever, tour. And by the time we were done, they were like, well, what do you think? You want to come? We like you, and we'd like to see, you know, we could use an intern, and we'd like to see if you would be interested in interning. So I was like, well, let me think about it, whatever. So I leave, and it didn't take long. Like, next day, I'm thinking, this would be fun. So I said, sure. And, dude, this is mid-90s. Not paid, and they smacked you around. And I don't mean literally, but I mean figuratively. Um, I was, st- I was going to FM. I was working at my parents' pizza place. And then on Saturdays, I was doing overnight real to real changes. So like old school, it was an automated system that if you saw it, it's probably in the Smithsonian now, but this thing, I would have to go in there at midnight on a Saturday, right? I'm in like 19, 20 years old. Like all my boys are out having a good time, living life, partying it up. And I'm, 
finishing up working at the pizza place and then going to CSS to do these overnight real changes where you have to lock it in, run the tape through the thing and around the end. And then you click it and there was like this computer you'd hit enter and it would lock it in. And it would be this overnight automated, like the sounds of Sinatra and all this other crap. So I'm doing this for a while. And this is really where the story I'm about to tell you, this is where like I got bit by the bug and you've heard that phrase before. This is where I fell in love with it because I, I'd never felt a rush like this until this moment. So what happens is one of these, like it's cold winter. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm doing my overnight real changes, but I would have to do them at midnight, three and five in the morning. So hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I just stop you right there real quick before. What is your hours? You're there all night then. That's like, if your pizza place. Oh, and that's, when are you sleeping? Oh, yeah. Well, here's what I would do. So <laughs> I would go there at midnight. I'd bring a sleeping bag and an alarm clock and I would lay it down. They had a TV in there, so you could go into like the, the the sales office or the newsroom where we could rip faxes and stuff and go read the news or whatever. So I would take my sleeping bag, sprawl it out, do the first real change, lay on the ground, take a nap, set my alarm for like two two fifty because you have to like again twelve three five. So I did that for a while, and then one Sunday, I'm doing the five o'clock real change, and I get a never gotten a phone call in the studio all of a sudden i see it lighting up and i'm like what is this so i pick it up and <laughs> phil spencer says to me hey i need a favor from you now mind you at this point and i didn't mention this before they liked my sound so they as an intern unpaid they used me to voice radio spots for them that played you know like local like these are institutions in amsterdam right rain dancer Church Street Dally, Seabird Sporting Goods. So I'd be like, yeah, you like it for Nikes? And they liked it, and it was free. So they'd be like, let him, let him do that, and he'll feel all special that he can hear himself on an AM station in Amsterdam. <laughs> they, they used me to the – and, and I, when I say used, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. But anyways, so this moment, this, this one time where I'm doing a 5 o'clock real change, they call me and they said, listen, the guy who normally comes in to do the Sunday morning news read and to do the board for the Joe, I'm not even joking, to do the board for the live Joe Mason polka show, which was local. <laughs> so they go, he's not going to be able to make it. He doesn't feel good. So we need you to do the news live. And I'm like, oh, because I, I, at that moment, I knew how to do the board a little bit enough to go this potted up okay it wasn't very complicated you know they had the abc like news and they're like this is abc news and then you bring the pot up for the live show right so i'm like oh i don't feel they're like listen chill out relax they're like Here, here's what you do go grab the recorder i shouldn't even be telling this but because again i'm hand and mind you it's 94 95 never been on the air before never been out of college here you are behind the board news drive time in the morning and I've watched, I've watched guys do shows there and do news reads and cadence and how to kind of do it and deliver it. But I'd never done it on my own. So they say, uh, so here's what you're going to do. Okay. Full disclosure, it was plagiarism. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I kind of worked it, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. certain things. Um, but they're like, just go in, find this story, kind of rework it. You know, uh, don't timestamp it. Just kind of whatever, you know, read the sports scores, right, from the night before. Uh, do weather. And then do the obits. And then once you're done, just go in now. Joe Mason, Polka Show, right? So, dude, I do this. And still to this day, I mean, I was so amped up and excited and scared. I don't remember. I remember bits and pieces. But I just went into that like autopilot because I was so amped up. So the next day they call me up and they go, hey, we got to talk to you. You want to come in? I know you're interning, but we want to talk to you about something. And I said, sure. Now, mind you, they knew I was a big sports person. I love doing, you know, sports. Whatever. Wanted to, you know. So they bring me in the next day. Phil Spencer sits me down. And then I forgot who the GM was at the time. But they sit down and they start smiling and laughing. And I said, what's going on? They're like, dude, I'll tell you. It was not bad. It was good. Did a good job. 
tell you a little bit, uh, a little fired up. We had to you know, bring that down a little bit. And you know, whether it's radio or TV, that first time you're so excited, you're you're talking so fast. You got to slow Speed's it down. Speed's going quick. You think there's an imaginary oh, clock in your head, all that stuff. You yeah. got to slow it down and all that stuff. So, And then they start laughing hysterically. And they said, and here's some advice, though. There's a reason why we put a break in between the news, weather, sports thing, and then we say, hey, when we come back, obits. Right, you got it. They go, dude. You were so amped up reading the obits. It was like a sports cast. We've never, we like, we couldn't stop dying laughing. You're like, ah, and she's, uh, you know, her, uh, you know, next of kin. And, you know, she's lived, you know, <laughs> outlived by her grandchildren and her grandson and her son. And, oh, yeah, she lived a good life, you know. And I was like, <laughs> excited. I didn't know what to do. And they're like, so. When it comes to the old bits next time, just bring it down a little bit. But it was great. And then, I mean, honestly, after that, I remember, mind you, I was at the station all night, exhausted normally when I go home. I was so amped up. Like, I was in my car, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that was, like, terrifying. And at the same time, like, you can't simulate that kind of excitement, that rush of, like, that kind of live radio, TV you cannot simulate. So I remember after that going to FMCC and there was a, uh, a counselor there. His name was uh, Bill Pierce. He was a professor, but he was like a guidance counselor for me because I was also a part of student government at the time at FMCC. And he was our he was our guy. Right. Um, and uh, at that moment, I just realized I'm like, I'm going for business, but I, I, I want to do this. Right. Radio TV came a little bit later, but radio was my first love. Like I say it all the time. If it wasn't for the pay, I would have stayed doing radio for the rest of my life. Like it's just you can't there's no more. It's so conversation. You know, you did it for a long time. There's It's conversational. It's where you can really be you in a lot of ways. You know, when you're doing TV, you got to reference to the camera. You know, you're responsible for, you know, you got to hit those marks when you're, you know, when you're reading scripts because there's role cues and the directors are depending on like, oh, did he say that? Did you roll the video? Not the sound thing. It's just, there's, it's almost stage acting. You know what I mean? You got to hit your marks and, yeah. you know, it's blocking and make sure you're doing all, like radio, you just grab the mic and you just go. And I always loved that. And so if it wasn't for the pay, I would have totally just stayed there. But as you know, and I know. <laughs> Not the case. So, um, you know, I, I, when I was interning at WCSS, that then became besides the recording the the local ads and every once in a while filling in to to do news. They needed somebody to do play by play for football. So the year that Amsterdam won the 1995 state title, I actually I did play by play for about three or four games, and then management brought they're like, you have really major potential. Hey, little Rusty, we're going to pair you up with a guy who ends up being, and I don't know if you know this name, his name's John Thomas. He was the voice of the Albany Colony Yankees. So the, the GM of the, of the station at WCSS actually knew John, was friends with John, and as a favor to the GM, he's like, I'll help you. So John came in. I slid over, obviously, for good reason, and then I became the color guy for that team that year. And then, like I said, it was you know, they went all the way and won the state title. Um, and I'm pretty sure at that time, they were the first Section 2 team to win the state championship. Whoa. All right. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Because I know there was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, it's sports. Chris Honorado, sports trivia. Uh, uh, there you go, uh, man. So, like, so now you're calling Amsterdam. You're getting these on-air opportunities after that amazing break you get early on. So what happens next? I feel like, I don't even know if you know Mark Kestashire, like this is very Mark Kestashire-like here where you weren't sure what you wanted to do, community college, all this, and now the on-air breaks are happening in your hometown. Well, side note, Mark Kestashire, when I was working at WCSS, working, internship, um, there were some nights where I would run the board and WCSS simulcasted Albany Firebirds games. So I was listening to Mark Kestashire and my man, big game James Allen, doing those games. So that's and then when I was doing radio at, at Town Square and all that stuff way back in 2013, you could call Mark Kestisher and be like, dude, I'd love to have you on, you know, 
talk about whatever you want. And despite the fact that he was huge at this point, you know, I mean, he's like the voice of ESPN radio. Whatever you, that's what makes him so great. Guys like him, Andrew Catalan, Doug Sherman, they're great at what they do. This is going to sound so cliche, but it's true. Like they're, they're great at what they do, but they're better people, which is, and, and tease. This is going to be some advice I'm going to give to, to some people who might want to travel down this road. Okay. So we'll, we'll come back to that later, but, um, but Mark Kesher was great. So that's again, side note. So what happened was I end up doing these games with John Thomas. And during one of our trips out to actually, like we would, we were out, uh, Going to, I remember it like it was yesterday, a Coble Skill Fonda Fontainville football game at Coble Skill, right? And we're talking. He's like, What do you want to do? I said, I don't know, but I really like this a lot. And he goes, Well, what'd you ever think of TV? I was like, Not really. Why? And he goes, Well, there's a guy that I'm really good friends with at CBS 6, and I could totally hook you up with an internship. No problems, right? So this guy was named Rick Renner. And I don't know if you've heard of Rick Renner. Another legendary Capital Region talent we're talking about here. Yeah. Insane. Insane, this man. And I mean that in the most complimentary way possible. Like he, so mind you, at this time, so I get this internship. It's Rick Renner and a very bay-faced 29-year-old Doug Sherman. Right? So I get this internship and I actually technically got it illegally. Because what happened was John Thomas was like, well, my boy is Rick Renner. I'll hook you up with the internship. And you were supposed to get credits. And I never did. And you were only supposed to do an internship for a semester. I was there interning for nine months. Nine months. And there was this lady. She was awesome. And I, and I, I wish I could remember her name because she was awesome. She, after about two months, was, was like, something's up with this guy. So she literally, like, I walked by her desk to go into the sports office and she literally like dosy does me she grabs my arm spins me around she's like follow me and corners me in this like one of these editing bays she goes um you're not getting credits for this i said don't blow this for me please i really want to learn like I, i'm on my own dollar i buy my own meals like i, I want to do this just don't please and she goes listen i have to cover my butt so here's what's going to happen we're gonna we're gonna rehearse this she goes, every time you come in, I'm going to be as loud as, as loud as a bell. And I'm going to go, Mr. Calderon, you working on them credits from FMCC? And I was like, oh, yeah. She goes, okay. She goes, because I'm not getting in trouble for you. And I said, great. <laughs> so, dude, for eight months, nine months, I'm interning. I learned so much from Rick as far as go for it, right? Like, don't. Like, you want to have fun? Go for it. But don't half-ass it. Don't. Because there's some times where people want to do the sports center shtick, and then they realize, oh, I don't know if I can pull this off, and it's going to come off sounding really cringy and very corny. And he's like, if you're going to do something silly, you got to go all the way. Do it. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Do it. And then what I learned from Doug was the professionalism and the attention to detail. Because and if my girlfriend's down the hall, she's probably laughing, going, attention to detail, you? Um, <laughs> but when it came to the sports broadcasting part of it, yes. Um, my life, that's a whole other story. But, you know, they were, they were the perfect combination of, you know, again, go for it. If you got a personality, show it. And make sure you've got all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. So that internship there coupled with the WCSS uh, WCSS internship invaluable and it may, and it made me fall in love with with this field so what happened was when I was at FM like I told you that guy Bill Pierce about midway through my third semester he comes to me and he goes I hear you on the radio it's great when are you going to change your major this business crap you need journalism, broadcasting, whatever. Cause I had told them I was looking at schools to transfer to, um, Syracuse was one of them, but they didn't take, you know, they didn't take transferring juniors in the spring. Um, at SI. <laughs> I sound better still. Uh, so, um, so I ended up looking at schools in Plattsburgh state university. Uh, nice. it, yep. The bird. And so, um, he goes, you got to change your major. So I did. 
And what happened was I, I ended up getting my associates in business. But when I transferred to Plattsburgh, they took about 90% of those classes that were geared towards business. And they used them as they were like, ah, this will this will count for this gen ed and this gen ed or whatever. So I go to Plattsburgh, two and a half of the greatest years of my life. Loved, I loved every second of it. Plattsburgh was amazing. Um, when I was done and when I graduated there, I spent another two years there because I started working at WPTZ, the uh, NBC station up there. And uh, that when I first started there, it was behind the scenes. I was running audio boards uh, for the 6 and the 11. Then I became a floor manager, all these things. But I always had the, the on-air aspiration. You know, I always wanted to be on air. So from there, there was a guy by the name of Chris Kelly, who's still my boy. He's actually at ESPN now. He's got more Emmys. He's a photog. More, I mean, more Emmys than we got light bulbs in the kitchen. Like, he's just brilliant. Like, you see his stuff and you're like, you know. So he was the sports director at PTZ at the time. And like most college towns, if you have a broadcast curriculum, you can watch the college station on your local cable provider, right? So he knew about me because I basically volunteered to host every show in Plattsburgh. Cardinal Sports, Sports Rap Live, Stay Tuned, which was a comedy sketch show. This uh, was called State uh, North Country Nightly, which was like a sh- like a late night talk show format. You interview the mayor of Plattsburgh 50 times because nobody else will come on. Like just, you know, the typical crap. So this guy, Chris Kelly, is like, hey, he goes, I know you want to do the on-air stuff. He goes, you got a demo? And I said, no, not even close. He goes, here's what you're going to do. I need help on Friday nights with football. So here's the deal. You come in on a Friday off the clock, which again, it's the nineties. You can still do it. And uh, you're going to help me shoot football. You're going to get, you're going to go shoot highlights. Cause you know, like in Vermont and in Plattsburgh, like the schools, it's not like there's 110 schools, like in section two, the schools up there are spread out. Like one night Plattsburgh might be playing governor or Ogdensburg or whatever. Right. So you might on here, you could get three games. There, you're luck. You'll get one, and you'll be lucky to get it back in time for the eleven. That's how far it is. So I helped him get those highlights, and then after that, he would help me on a Sunday with, you know, doing a demo. He would say, "Hey, uh, I'll do my six o'clock. Let me go take a, a a dinner break, and when I come back, I'll give you my script. You word it how you want, and I'll do the prompter for you, and we'll start building a demo for you." So we did that. And then about six months later, a job opened up at our sister station, WPTZ's sister station in White River Junction, Vermont. Okay. The station was WNNE, which later on I would learn meant to most stations in that market need new equipment. (laughs) Those are the call letters. And so um, they were looking for somebody that could be a rover, produce news fill in sports. So I'm like, I need, I want to get on air reps. So I apply for this job, go down there, interview, boom, get it. I go down there first time on air. Um, same deal. Like as like the AM radio station for the first time, I'm so amped up and excited to just get on the desk and do this for the first time for real. Um, despite the fact that probably five people saw it in this market, but I was just ready to go. I was just like ready to go. And then I remember like about five minutes before I was ready to go, um, the floor manager, you know, opens up the door. They're like, okay, we're into the break before weather. So get ready. Dude, I thought I was having a panic attack. I was like, oh my God, uh, I don't want to do this. I was like this close, like literally busting out the back door of the station, jumping in my car and going back to Broad Albany. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Finally, you know, just calm my nerves, went in again. Don't remember much, but according to my news director at the time, they're like a little fast, a little fired up, but you got it. So from there, I did that for about a year. And I don't want to say got homesick, but wanted to get to Albany because I wanted to like, I wanted to do this, but in front of family at a place that people would hear me and see me in it. So I made phone calls. I literally, I, I left, I, I quit WNNE, went back to Albany. And was just bouncing around everywhere. I went back to CSS for a little while. 
Then I started doing uh, traffic on the radio for a company called Metro Network. Hang on, hang on. I got to stop you right there because this this is wild what you just said. I think some people, especially younger listeners, might be blown away by what just happened there. So you've got a job. Like you're on the air. You're in Vermont. You've got a connection for that job. And after only one year said, enough is enough. I'm not doing this. It is just about being homesick or was it the expectations that you had were so high where it wasn't living up to? It was just that like, it was it the hours? Because no, hearing that you're gone after a year and hearing the passion in your voice blows my mind hearing that. that the, the, the hours were never an issue for me. I think if, if anything, growing up in the restaurant business, that got me geared, that got me prepared for the television and radio industry. Because, I mean, we my, we were open seven, day, you know, seven days a week at Pete's Supreme when I was a kid. And you would get there at 10 o'clock in the morning. You'd leave at 11, 12 o'clock at night. You know, I was a kid. I'd work like 12-hour days. So hours didn't mean anything to me. But I, I think I was getting homesick. Um, I loved that station. And I loved it for the experience that it provided for me. But it was just kind of like a weird vibe. And, I, you know, I loved the people I worked with. Loved them. We had a great time. You know, you're young. You're in your mid to early 20s. You know, it's there's that sense of camaraderie and family like that you just can't duplicate or simulate at big like you see these people at these big networks they're not family they don't whatever here you're together you're all on the same stage of your career right you're trying to make a name for yourself you're trying to do great things you know you you know now you're in this small town you're you're you go to the same small bar like i remember the the bar the, the seven barrel in, in Lebanon, New Hampshire, because where White River Junction was, was right on the border of New Hampshire. Like you could walk from our station to New Hampshire. Um, one of the one of the things when I was doing sports, I covered Dartmouth a lot because it was right over. I mean, just ten minutes away from the station. So uh, yeah, so it was just I just wasn't feeling it, you know. And it wasn't. I never quit on anything, um, even to my detriment. But at this moment, I was like, I just want to go. I want to go home. You know, and, and like you said, that could have that was a big risk. You got a job. What are you doing? Uh, but I went home and I, you know, use some of the connections, as many connections as you can make as you know, from somebody who's making 18 five a year. Um, so I used some of those connections, made some phone calls. Doug Sherman was great. He was one of the first people that that I went to see when I came back uh, in 2000, in, in 2000, in 2000. Um, Went to go visit him, showed him my demo from NNE. You know, he had great, you know, he had some great advice, but he really liked it. He's like, this is totally Joe Calderon. He's like, nothing's changed. I, I love it. Um, and so he would, you know, he'd, he'd keep his eye open for me. You know, if there were any feelers out there, he'd kind of steer me in the right direction. And so, again, went back to working for CSS. Uh, was doing traffic for a company called Metro Networks, which I don't know if it's changed since. But Metro Networks was essentially the place where all of the stations in, in the Albany market, they would almost like freelance traffic from, from Metro Networks. So you basically, so they provided traffic to all the stations. So there were people like myself, Michelle Adams, a guy by the name of Vince Gallagher, who's a riot. Um, we basically would drive the Metro Networks at 4.30 in the morning and you would get your sheet. They'd be like, all right, Calderon. Here's who you got today. You're going to be doing traffic for Fly 92, uh, the River, um, the Froggy 107.1 in Glens Falls, WGNA, like, and you would do the traffic as if you were in studio with the morning show hosts. But you weren't. It was just again, they would you were just, for lack of a better way to describe it, they would rent out traffic reporters, outsourcing it basically. Yeah. Yes, outsourcing. Thank you. Uh, limited vocabulary today. But uh, you, know, you would do the same thing. They would set it up like, hey, it's WGNA, your home for country. Let's go to Joe Calderon. Hey, what's going on, partner? And you'd be like, hey, guys, here's your traffic. You know, it's brought to you by Metamucil. Uh, you know, things are going smooth with the 24 tolls and the 787. It's, you know, it's a straight shoot to your, you know, to your work. Uh, hey, move over to the left. You got a tire changer over there and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I feel like that actually might have been a cast at one point. You just remembered it off the top of your head. <laughs> Literally, unless there was an accident, it was the same freaking thing for four hours. So um, I was doing that. I was still I, I was working at my family's pizza place again. Then I ended up getting a job full time at Vox Radio in Glens Falls. 
at Froggy 107.1. It was a country station up in Glens Falls. So I, I ended up getting a full-time gig as their afternoon drive guy. And my on-air name, and this, is the, this was such a fun time. Um, again, the pay was squadoosh, but it was just one of those moments when you look back, it was just so much fun. So I remember wanting to get something more solid because, again, as I just mentioned, pizza place, the AM station in Amsterdam, doing traffic part-time, whatever I could do. So Froggy 107.1, because I did some traffic for them, they liked my sound. They were looking for a full-time person, couldn't find anybody. And they say- Not a sports station, by the way, for those outside of the capital region. That's not a sports station at this time. No. Nope. This is country, which, by the way, so, uh, uh, but I learned a lot in that year about country. Um, so I go up there, I interview for this job and they go, we love you. Jackie Donovan. I don't know if you've heard of that name. No. Amazing. Right. So she's still around. She's from here. Uh, Jackie Donovan and Justin Tyler or Justin Clapp. I'm sorry. Uh, Justin Clapp was the, the program director and Jackie was kind of like, she was the program director for the hot AC across the hall. So they wanted to, they both interviewed me because they were like, well, you'll be live on Froggy, but we want you to animate, you know, it was animate, right? So animated show. So uh, they're like, we, we'd like for you to be the, the voice seven to midnight on this hot AC, Wink 105.7. So I'm interviewing for both of these, got paid for one. Um, but uh, they said for Froggy, they're like, listen, would you be cool if we called you, if your on-air name was Joey Butterfrogo? No, that is, that's not true. No. It's true. Because it was Froggy 107, right? So everyone had to have some sort of like froggy, like his name was uh, James Pond. Lily Pad was his morning show co-host. Oh, God. And I'm Joey Butterfrogo. Now, mind you. It wasn't too long after the whole Joey Butterfuco stuff ended, right? So I'm know. choking on the cheesiness of this right now. My God, Joe. Oh, oh. Dude, you would be – here's the funny part, though. So they go, Joey Butterfrogo, are you cool with that? I'm like, if you pay me, I don't care. What do you want to call me? Let's do that. <laughs> Dude, you wouldn't believe up in, that, up in them parts how popular it was. People loved it. I would go make appearances. We would just, you want to talk about cheese. I had this foam 10-gallon hat. Like, just went stupid crazy, dude. I'm showing up at stuff, and they're like, Froggy 107.7. And you know how it is. You bring the the beds down. And we're like, hey, Joe Butterfrogo. How you doing? You know, just going overboard. Brett Niemer in Queensberry. That's just stupid nonsense. (laughs) Because I'm like doing like, if I'm going to do the country thing, I'm going to, again, Rick Renner, just go for it. Just do it. Have a blast. And if you get punched in the eye, whatever, right? So I'm doing this, having a blast, learning a lot more about country than I ever thought I would. Um, I'm doing the hot AC stuff. Again, it's it's all recorded, anime, whatever. And then that parlayed into a program director from a radio station in Burlington. It was called Alice 1033 and 93.7. It was a hot AC, but very geared towards, they always would tell me, our P1 listener is a, a young woman, professional, mid to late 20s, who makes 55. You know how they just break down every demographic, right? Oh, yeah. This is exactly who it is, right? So they're like, we have a morning show, and it was called Teresa and something, but the guy who's there is actually leaving for a big market, and we need somebody to fill in. We'd like for you to come up and interview. And I said, uh, so I get done one night. It's the middle of the winter, right? It's December. I finish my night show, right? I finished recording my, my show for Wink, the hot AC at, at, in Glens Falls. And I jump in a car and I drive to Burlington at night, stay at this hotel. And one of their, this was their interview. They go, drive up to Burlington at night. We booked you at this hotel and then come over to the station. We want you to do the morning show. with Colt, like never met this lady. They have no idea who it is. No contact. This is pre-texting. Pre, you know, yeah. I had talked to her on the phone for about 15, 20 minutes. I talked to the, the again, the, the program director of the station and the GM of the station. They go, just, this is how we're going to do it. To see if there's any chemistry whatsoever. And I'm like, wow, that's, 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 that's gutsy, ballsy. 
Okay, let's do it. So she's leading the way, you know, and we we nailed it. It was great. Maybe we had a good time. Because again, at that moment, I'm like, I really don't. I mean, maybe I was tired. I just didn't care. You know how it is, dude. Like when you don't really care, sometimes it's like it just there's no stress, there's no pressure. It it is though remarkable that there are people who work for three to six months in a radio format and don't find chemistry. Like it could usually take months. It never happened. And it felt like after a couple hour window, at least it worked. At least at that moment, things something happened, something clicked. Well, and here's the funny part though. It only lasted six months because then down the road didn't click so much. Uh, so right. yeah, see, <laughs> my radio instincts are, my audio instincts are still there somewhere. That's right. Yeah. And, and full disclosure, you know, listen, anybody who's ever worked with me, and this is going to sound arrogant and then very self-deprecating. Like I, anybody I've ever worked with, I love people. I'll go out of my way to do pretty much anything for anybody. But then there's the also, then there's the difficult Joe Calderon side, which is if I think I'm right, I'm right. And I don't care what facts you got or what you tell me. I think I'm right. I'm right. And so that's the difficult side. And we were both very strong. What made it a great, what made that audition great was that we came in with supreme confidence and we were just busting chops right from the rip. What made it difficult in the end was very hard-headed, right? In Italian, we call it cabados, right? Hard-headed, right? So we were very much about... Now, she was... The, she ended up being the program director. So we were co-hosts. I actually... It was Joe and Teresa in the morning on Alice, 103.3, and But she was the program director. So I kind of would, you know... It, it, it just became one of those things where we would argue about things, and it was always she had the tiebreaker because she was the PD. So after six months in butting heads, I'm out the door. I come back to Albany again. So what happened was before I actually took that gig and while I was doing all the other radio stuff, a TV station in Albany was about to be created, right? From scratch, right? And it was a unheard of format. 24-hour news, seven days a week. At the time, it was called Capital News 9, which is now, fast forward 20 years, Spectrum News. And so while I was doing all this radio stuff, I had my demo from NNE. I got that advice from Sherm, all this stuff. And the guy who was the head honcho at this groundbreaking initiative, this, this new station, Capital News 9, the GM and the guy who was leading the way to, to create this, this, this station was a guy by the name of Al Marlin. And we're still, we, we probably text each other and talk maybe once every two weeks now. Still, he's, he's st here. Uh, he is actually now the director of communications for the New York State Teachers Union, the NYS, UT, whatever it's called. So this guy, Al, I met him for the first time when I was interning for Rick and, and Sherm. He was the ops manager at CBS 6. So it's all interconnected, right? So he they're building this station. The news comes out that this thing's going to be ago and that they're going to launch in October of 2001. Well, things happen, doesn't happen then. It ends up being they launch in October of 2002. So while I'm doing the radio stuff and bouncing around, I sent my demo because somebody told me, hey, you're never going to believe who's the, the big boss of this thing, Al Marley. So I was like, oh my God, big Al, fish, right? I sent him my tape. He calls me, says, hey, at this time, we already have our sports team. But every once in a while, check in. You know, don't be a stranger. You know, if you call me, I'll, you can come toward the station and we'll shoot the breeze and catch up and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, you know, they can ask, probably not going to happen. They got their sports team. It's a new station. Those people in the sports department are probably going to be there three, four, five years. Who knows? So after that, I'm still doing the radio stuff. I go to Burlington. That doesn't work out. I come back to Albany. Guess where I go back to? CSS Pizza Play. That's right. <laughs> rinse, wash, yeah. rinse, wash, repeat, right? Just to keep afloat, got to make money. Um, and so I come back in 2003 and a Amsterdam Bureau report. Now, mind you, Capital News 9 is already now at this, at this point a year in existence. So they launched in October of 2002. I came back 
the summer of 2003. So in the fall of 2003, an Amsterdam bureau reporter job opens up. Now, I don't want to do news. I, I produced news for that one year at any while I was filling in doing sports. And I just, I'm not a news guy, right? So I don't want to do it. But I'm like thinking, okay, everyone in Amsterdam knows you now from your days doing radio. I, I brokered great relationships with Amsterdam police, Montgomery County sheriffs, Fulton County sheriffs, because when we would do the news, I would call them for sound bites, quotes, uh, hey, tell, you know, talk to me about this. There was an armed robbery. Can you give me a quote? Sure, call me at this time and we'll record it and blah, blah, blah. So I interview for this job and it ends up being where it's down to me and another guy. And I remember lady, uh, a lady by the name of Mary Rosak. She is now the, the communications contact for uh, Dan McCoy, Albany County exec, right? So Mary Rosak says to me, I meet her for the first time. I interview. Um, she goes, hey, I got, you know, I, I got a test for you while you're here interviewing. Here are five AP wire scripts. Rework them into 20-second VOs. You know, they just writing tests, all that stuff. Nail that. Interview again. She tells me it's down to two people. I'm like, oh, that's exciting. And get off the phone with her. Now I just get, oh, I get hit with this overwhelming guilt. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So I call her. I said, Mary, it's Joe Calderon. Hey, what's up? I'm taking my name out. What? I said, yeah, I'm taking my name out of the running. And she's like, really? And I said, well, during our interview, and I didn't say this in the story, but while we were interviewing, one of the things she did say to me was, I see that every tape you've sent us is sports. Just so you know, this is a job for our Amsterdam Bureau report. So let's say a job opens up in sports. Doesn't automatically mean we're just going to grab you and throw you into sports. You're interviewing for the news job. You understand this, right? I said, yep. I totally lied at that point. <laughs> so with that, I wanted to respect them and not mess around with them and whatever. So I called Mary Rozak back and I said, listen, um, I'm pulling my name out. Here's why. My heart is with sports. It's what I love. It's what I want to do. And I didn't want to disrespect you guys by lying to you. And, to, and, I, and not that, you know, I don't want to sound too cocky. I might've got beaten out by this, this person. Might've. Um, but the fact that she called me and I could tell in the tone, you know, I was like, oh, I might really have a shot at this. And I don't want to, if anything in my career, the one thing I don't want is to mess with my name, my reputation, right? I don't want to do that. So I said, I, I, so that's the reason why I'm pulling out of this. And she said to me, she goes, I'm actually very glad you did that because full disclosure, the fact that you were down to the two, let's just say people here really liked you for that. And the fact that the other person that's interviewing is not from here. You are from here. You know the people. You know what people like, what they want. Um, you know what matters in those communities because you live there. Like it's Amsterdam. I live in, at this time, I'm living in Broad Alban. It's five minutes down the road. So she's like, the fact that you are a person there already with a name, uh, you might be able to like get things out of certain people that maybe a, you know, a, a, a rando from out of town wouldn't. So you were very high on the list for that position. So we appreciate the fact that you, pulled yourself out if, if your heart wasn't in it. Because to be honest with you, if you took the, you know, if we offered it to you and you took it, and then five months later, all of a sudden you're telling us, oh, it wasn't for me. And then you pulled up, we would have been really pissed. So thank you for the honesty. And I said, well, listen, just so you know, um, loved every minute of our, you know, interaction and uh, love what you guys are doing. Uh, and at that time, it was a super young shop. Everybody was 23, right? So I'm like, uh, love what you guys are doing. Love the format. I think it's awesome. And, you know, I see that you guys do traffic on the air. You know, if you need somebody to fill in to do traffic on camera, you know, every every 20 minutes or whatever, I would love to do that if you need it. Oh, no, we'll consider that. You know, we'll consider that. Thank you. And that was it. I get off the phone. I'm like, you're an idiot. You're a moron. You just, you just blew it. Like, that. that was your chance. Done. You're, you're not going to get on air in the Albany market. Finito. So about a month later. You'll get that answer soon from this show. But first, we got to tell you about the people that make this show possible. 
and it starts with our friends over at Mohawk Honda. If you're looking for a new ride in 2022, look no further than Mohawk Honda. Right there in Glenville, New York, the January month is a new start for so many people, doing something fresh, doing something different. How about you start it off with the new vehicle, and you can do it at Mohawk Honda. People that have been helping across the capital region, the Herodin family, people that you can trust, and now stop in and find out about the rides that fit your budget, your lifestyle, and more. Looking forward to doing another show this upcoming February from Mohawk Honda, and I'm looking forward to getting my new pilot, 2022 pilots coming my way. Why? Because I worked with my guy Cam McKenna. I said, what's up to Greg Johnson? I said, hello to Lindsay Heron. All these people are on your side when you're making that new purchase. And working with them and finding about the right price can always work. And people you can trust during the car buying experience. And if anything ever goes wrong, I got my guy John in service. So many great people that you want to have on your side for the most important things like finding the right vehicle. It can happen for you as soon as the first month of 2022. Mohawk Honda. Check them out on social media and more to find out all the great details going on there where they always go out of their way to please you. And our friends over at Johnstone Supply in Troy. The frigid January month is officially here. It came in howling. You felt the temperatures change in your home. And some of you might have some issues already going on. Is it time that maybe something might be breaking down? Are you getting nervous about what might be happening to that furnace or that boiler? Johnstone Supply in Troy is ready to help you. If that actually happens... Maybe even to a friend or a relative, write down this number when it happens. 518-272-5922. Save it in your phone. 518-272-5922. You call up Johnstone Supply and Troy. They'll give you the best advice to how to handle that situation. To get yourself out of that dilemma. And if you hit two, you're going to get put right up to the front with our guys, Kev, James, Tom, whoever it might be, wants to help you directly to make sure it's taken care of. One more time for the number. 518-272-5922. If you stop in there, by the way, right there on 6th Avenue in Troy, New York, they will help you to answer the questions you have about your home. Maybe you'll find something to help around with now the winter month here. They want to make sure, as they have continued to do for decades, the family-owned and operated business. Shout out to my guy, George. You want to learn more about Johnstone Supply in Troy, check out a past episode of Getting There with Goss. They are going to make sure they make the right decisions to help you get through this winter. Whether it's updating your furnace, your boiler, maybe it's something as simple as getting that ladder to knock the snow off the roof. Maybe it's those competitive prices with tools across the country. It is Johnstone Supply in Troy. Check them out on Facebook as well to see their updates going on. Johnstone Supply in Troy. Now, let's get back to this Godzilla Media podcast. The news director, not Mary Rosak, who was the assistant, or the GM, Al Marlin. The news director, a guy by the name of Chris Bruner, who's awesome like this guy's like mad scientist he's crazy but in the greatest way ever like superhuman being right he calls me up and i hope he if he sees this he doesn't get offended but so he would be like <laughs> calderon what's going on chris bruner here how you been it's like uh good what's up man uh listen uh, as i'm sure you're aware we've got an opening in sports and i said well i was aware and he goes, uh, a, a young lady by the name of Courtney George, who she was really good. She, after a year, left to go to CNN to do sports Ooh. there, where it was like CNN SI or something or whatever. <laughs> but she was doing like those updates. Like, it's not like she had her own show, but she was still, I mean, it was CNN SI, right? It was big. So she, she left after a year and they go, uh, so uh, we're uh, going through uh, tapes here and uh, we pulled yours out. I want you to come in for an interview. I said, great, awesome. And he goes, and do me a favor. Don't send us any more freaking tapes. We got the trilogy here with you. We got like <laughs> 10 tapes in here. Don't send us any more crap. We got it. We got you. I said, all right. So I was like, all right, no more tapes. Just uh, make sure I wear something nice. So I go in there. And dude, I'm telling you right now, and again, I hope he understands this is the biggest compliment. He's a, I love him to death. It was probably the most comfortable I've ever felt in an interview. Because he, he's just like, yeah, they don't get it here. It's Bruner, how you doing? Sit down. So we get ready to sit down. And uh, before he even says anything to me, behind me is a rack of TV monitors, right? You've been doing a TV station, right? Every, oh, yeah. every station in the market is keeping an eye on what everybody else is doing, right? So he sits me down. He's like, so Caldo, oh, wait a minute. What the heck is he doing? Freaking George Bush. What the? Anyways, all right, what do you got? <laughs> I'm like, 
guy's nuts and I love every minute of it. And it just, it just took that stress of interviewing for this position. And we had a great, great, great back and forth. It was just awesome. We do a tour, we do the whole thing again. Cause you know, I don't think he knew, you know, to the extent of, you know, I got a tour when I met with Mary Rozak for the news gig. And so he gives me another tour and we meet people and I'm bumping into people I went to Plattsburgh with. Cause there was a bunch of people that graduated in Plattsburgh. They bounced around a little bit and then they got this gig there. So we're doing the bro shake. What's up? What are you doing? How you been? Are you, you going to work here? I said, I'm open. I'm interviewing. So we get done with that interview. I leave. Two weeks later, Chris Bruner calls me. Now he's calling me. Now, now we're boys, right? Calderon, CB here. What's, you know, what's going on? I said, hey, what's up, Bruner? He goes, uh, you want to be a part of the team or what? And dude, I'm like, wait, what? Now, mind you, this was, and again, I remember this vividly because it was, first of all, one of the most gorgeous October days ever. And it was the Yankees-Red Sox ALCS game three where Pedro Martinez grabs Zimmerman by the face and fires him into the ground, right? So yes. I'm at my apartment. We, we played football during the day, right? And then we go back to my part. We're having some pops. We're having a good time. And he calls me then. And uh, I'm trying to tell people, like, shut up, dude. Shut up. Like, you know, it's not like I had a cell phone then. I'm like, you know, grand uh, ground, you know, we're lying here. I'm like, shut <laughs> up. Dude. So I'm going into the bathroom with this cord, shutting the door. And he's like, we absolutely love you. If you want, the job is yours. And I'm just like, frozen. Like, couldn't. He's like, all right, you there? And I'm like, absolutely, man. I'm like, Let, let's do it. Let's do it. So mind you, I'm good to go, right? Good to go. Every, I'm fired up. I tell everybody, my brothers are there. I tell everybody, I'm like, I just got the freaking, the number three at Capital News 9. I'm this is your moment, your hometown market, the job you've won. You thought there'd never be a chance to get it. It just happened. They just did it to you. Now, mind you, at that time, it was more of the producing and shooting, but with opportunities to do packages, fill in on the holidays, all that stuff. So later that night, I'm going to Applebee's, right? Because um, we got to celebrate. Of course. <laughs> and Applebee's. And, um, Dude, I just, this is going to sound so ridiculously cheese. Just start bawling. Just bawling. With the excitement of all that. Now, mind you, I'm bawling to be the number three for 29.5. Right? right? I made it. I made it. Uh, and that was a two-year contract. Uh, so <laughs> I just could, I was just overwhelmed with emotion, like the excitement of it. And then again, I wasn't even close to being anywhere. I'm, I'm not anywhere where I want to be now. And I'm 47. So mind you, this is 20 years ago. And I finally thinking about, like, it, 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 you get reflective. Like, you're thinking, I'm hustling around here. I'm doing a 52 part-time jobs. I'm sleeping on the Florida AM station in Amsterdam. I'm doing traffic. Dude, when I was doing traffic in, in, at, for Metro Networks, Metro Networks was right next to ABC Sports and Fitness, right? So it was right in that plaza there. My dad would let me borrow his caravan that he had, this, this Dodge caravan. I would sleep in the van, in the parking lot. I ended up getting like a, a membership to ABC Sports and Fitness because I, want, I, need, I, I didn't want to go there for 4.30 in the morning and get done at 9 and drive back to Broad Album because I also, while I was doing the part-time stuff there, probably four days a week, I would do the afternoon drive traffic for Metro. So I convinced my dad, I said, hey, can I, and I would sleep in the van and then shower at ABC Sports and Fitness. So insane, insanity. That's how bad you wanted it though. Yeah. And so yeah, at that moment, you're thinking, I just made it. I'm the number three at this hometown station. People are going to finally see me, whatever. So from there. You know what? I got I to gotta stop you right here though, because what? like how this story has gone. For those who have not known about you, for those who are listening outside of the capital region, they just heard this and they're like, what a wild story. The guy's working at a pizza shop in the capital region, hoping to get on the air just one time. And a 5, 6 a.m. call has led him to his dream job in his home market. He's bawling at an Applebee's. It actually happened. Now, I thought we were going to do this, and I think I have to. Yeah. I got to make this a two-part episode. Because what's about to happen in your career, from the highs to the yeah. lows, and this is now season two of Getting There with Goss, I'm not quite sure 
And in spe specifically in the capital region and upstate New York market, if there's anybody who I can compare what's about to happen to in media over the next 10 years, like Joe Calderon. So I feel like that's a great tease, both radio and television. So I'm going to go to part two. I'm going to okay. let you get some water, chill a little bit, because we got a lot more stories coming up. So are you ready for part two? Can you get some more time with me tonight to do this? What kind of a question is that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right, part, part two, Joe Calderon on the way next year on Getting There with Gaz.